Hi, this is Nora. And this is Jackie. And we are Miss Media, a podcast that discusses rape culture within pop culture. Join us Fridays for new episodes. Hey, Nora. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing great. I am excited to be here in person another day. It's going great. We've uh, we've got our vaccines, right? Yes, we're fully vaccinated. Yes, it's very exciting. Um, Looking forward to being able to do this every week. Yay. So excited. Um, So today we're going to talk a little bit about gender roles um, in the media, which, you know, we sort of talk about. um, It's sort of interwoven in kind of everything that we talk about um, with Miss Media. But we really want to talk about it in the sense of like how women and men are supposed to behave when it comes to love, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a certain... Um, stereotype that's often portrayed in these TV shows and movies and stuff. Um, And yeah, we just want to get a little bit into that. So when we talk about gender roles, what does that mean? Jackie, what are gender roles? Oh my gosh, how do we even begin to describe (laughs) gender roles? Yeah, absolutely. So um, society tells us that men and women should act differently, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Men are strong and they don't cry. Absolutely. That's a big one. No, don't be emotional. Women are emotional, right? Oh, we're super emotional. And it's interesting too, when you think about like the particular emotions that each gender is supposed to be able to feel, Mm -hmm. you know, like women are allowed to be sad, but when they're angry that, you know, they get some choice slurs we can't say those words but (laughs) i think you know what we're talking about (laughs) and men are allowed to be angry but as soon as they start being sad that's a problem and again the slurs come out yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's and you know that absolutely extends to the role that we are supposed to play when it comes to relationships and love and stuff like that and it also brings me to thinking about like how heteronormative uh, media tends to be as well mm. like you know Good that, word. yeah just the the idea that like we're sort of assuming that everyone watching is a uh, like a heterosexual person you know man or woman mm-hmm. or girl or boy um and the fact is that you know it's not really the case right no. and i mean there are a lot of people who also don't identify as a specific girl or boy or whatever and um i just think it's important to talk about because you know at the purple door we are absolutely inclusive we are a safe space mm-hmm. for anyone who has experienced violence sexual or domestic or or abuse or anything like that you know we don't want any of our audience to feel um othered right and i think that that's what really tends to happen with a lot of this media when it Mm -hmm. comes to relationships and stuff i think a lot of people who don't act like the main girl character the main boy character the love interest they tend to feel that you know othered they they feel like they don't really belong in society um Mm -hmm. and i think that that's another another issue for sure when it comes to these um gender roles that we are absolutely they don't see themselves represented in tv shows and movies and and how does that feel you know when you don't see yourself and you can't 
you can't understand what they're going through, yeah. right? Because it's a completely different experience. Not everyone's experience is the same. Right, for sure. And and I think a lot of us sort of take it for granted too. Like whenever mm-hmm. um, media is being made for us, we don't really realize it, you know? I, um, I remember when I was little, my favorite movie, and I, I remember the first time I watched it too, my favorite movie was Mulan. It was, it gives me chills just like even thinking about it. But I remember the first time I saw that scene where Mulan, you know, she climbs up the the pole, you know. I'm so glad you said that. That's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. (laughs) Yes. I remember being, you know, I was like six years old or something. Like I was little when it came out. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, she's a girl and Mm -hmm. I'm a girl and she is so strong and I can be strong. And I remember having those like thoughts and feelings. And um, I think, you know, I hear a lot of uh, rhetoric that's like, uh, you know, representation doesn't matter. Kids don't care about that kind of stuff. But like, I know for a fact that I cared about it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, young age. and as a parent, my kids absolutely act out every movie that they see, especially my girls. Oh, Boys, yeah. maybe not so much, except for like the super cool action fighting mm-hmm. movies when they were like toddlers. They'd Aww. be like, yeah, I'm gonna fight. But the girls absolutely, they love to act out as they're watching something and after. Yeah. And you see that in in the way that they live their lives every day and and you just think it's just a movie but like you can really see how it yeah. affects the way that they think and the way yeah. they play with their barbies you know that like so much sense. prince charming is going to come and give me a kiss and save me and and yeah. all of these ideas i didn't teach them they just saw it on a movie and they thought hey, this is what it's supposed to be like, right? Yeah. Oh, man. It's so interesting just thinking about the way that our, um, that we form these patterns, these thoughts, these expectations, um, these expectations about what boys and girls are supposed to be and do and stuff like that. Um, so I think that, you know, gender roles come, oh, man, I actually, uh, I found this this article. Okay, so... I found an article that references um, a common sense media report. So there was a little study that was done on gender in children's media. And it was found that even television and videos targeting infants and toddlers are replete with gender stereotypes. Um, The, you know, male characters are depicted as strong, emotionally restrained, risk-taking leaders, while females are generally more agreeable, virtuous, demure, and primarily concerned with their physical appearance. Um, They're also more likely to be shown crying. And that's Mm. so, like, just thinking about from such a young age, like, and like how you said, I didn't teach them this stuff specifically, Mm. but you know, and this is something I would always tell my students in classes and stuff, but our brains are constantly learning. Mm -hmm. We can't just shut them off. It doesn't work like that. We're always taking in those messages and those, when you're a little baby, your brain's a little sponge, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I say baby, I am referring to like 16 and younger. (laughs) (laughs) So like any child who's younger than me. (laughs) They're all babies to me. (laughs) Um, But it's just because I, I just love, I just love our youth and our community and all that and like knowing the students that I know and that I've met like the the 15 year olds 14 year olds that I have like gotten to talk to um through this job they are so aware they're very aware of the Mm -hmm. messaging um that media is giving to them and a lot of them are like ready for new stuff they're ready for different stuff they want to be the creators you know it's super super cool I think that this upcoming generation is really gonna make like a ton of change oh absolutely 
I'm yeah. embarrassed by my generation. <laughs> Honestly, at their age, when I was that young, oh my goodness. I'm trying to think of like the movies that were cool when I was in high school. It was like, um, not another teen movie, yes. like those things. And yes. what was that one with Heath Ledger? Oh yeah. Um, Julia Stiles. Um, it was always about the girl and she had glasses and a ponytail, you know, and he had to change her in order for her yes. to be someone that he would like, yes. you know, that was what we grew up man. and that was okay, you know? Absolutely. And now they're questioning those things that like, man, we should have questioned. Like, yeah, it's interesting how long it's taken us. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about like, like eighties movies, you know, I'm, I'm really big into eighties movies. Mm. I tried to watch Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner. I haven't seen that one. Mm, it's really, really cool. Really, really awesome world building, really cool storytelling. But there is a scene in which the main character that Harrison Ford plays is incredibly, um, it seems like a very non-consensual uh, situation. Like he he corners the the woman and um, it, and you know there's a bunch of nuance that goes into it because she's like she's like a robot, she's like a cyborg. It's like a thing. But the fact is that this scene in itself has this woman saying no, I'm not interested, and Harrison Ford's character is like yes you are and I had to me and my boyfriend um we both were like we don't we're not really comfortable watching this anymore like our our interest is just lost yeah um and that was super normalized and there are so many 80s movies that I have seen that are just real rough Revenge of the Nerds Mm -hmm. was such a big like a huge hit you know yes and there's a literal rape scene uh-huh. there's a scene with sexual assault that is played off as not that as mm-hmm. like cute and funny all this kind of stuff um and then you know even moving forward i think that like the 90s and 2000s also had like a real big era problematic just in like a different way <laughs> like yes. moving in the right direction but still so far still, away <laughs> yeah and like I, i'm just thinking about like not another teen movie american mm-hmm. pie like those oh movies. my gosh i forgot about that one <laughs> those movies and like Van Wilder like this like whole genre of like college movies that like make jokes around consent and relationships and all that kind of stuff just guys are like sex crazed and that's creatures. all that matters absolutely yeah. above all else they must get laid yes. like what? So, like, what is that teaching us <laughs> you know what is that taught our society like we already I feel like we can sort of recognize that consent in our current culture is not really 100% like gotten. Like we don't talk about it enough. Um, it, like it's pretty clear that consent is not something that we we talk about enough. Like that we have a complete societal understanding and agreement upon, you know? No, no, no. And one of the <laughs> articles that we, that you shared, mm-hmm. um, I was reading and there was this quote, the woman was really like, it was great. The whole article was about media and how gender roles are in the media. But then she says this one sentence where it's like men and women are taught to view consent differently. Like it's a, a belief system. Like it's yeah. a religion. Like it's not. It's a concept that we should all view exactly the yeah. same. There is no gray area. There isn't viewing yeah. it different because you're a different gender. Yeah. You know, like I just was like, wow. Wow. We're really still saying that. That's so interesting. Yeah. And it makes so much sense that, that yeah, it's like, it's less of a belief system. That's not what it is. It's no. a, it's a social con contract that we all sort of need to agree upon um and i think that yeah these types of movies and tv shows they really just like 
they are part of what's responsible for blurring that line of consent. Mm-hmm. Like people like to say, you know, the line of consent was blurred and that should never. No, there is that no should never. It's not open to interpretation. Yeah, it's yeah. a thing that exists. Exactly. Um, and okay, so um, moving forward a little bit uh, because, you know, you bringing up that quote about men and women view consent differently. Um, that sort of brings me to first, let me talk about something called the male gaze. Mm. That's where I'll, that's where I'll start. Um, for those who don't know, the male gaze uh, was a, a term coined in 1975 by a woman named uh, Laura Mulvey. She was a, a film um, theorist. And she described the male gaze as the act of depicting women in media, um, usually with like camera angles and just like in writing. But it's the act of depicting women in media from a heterosexual masculine perspective that represents women as sexual objects for the heterosexual men watching. So it's like it's made for for straight men by straight men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we think about how uh, a majority of our media, especially in this, you know, in this country specifically, um, a majority of our media is created by heterosexual men. And so that's the image that we start to see. Um, if all of our media is made for heterosexual men's pleasure, just for their viewing pleasure, what does that teach us about the world? Mm. That we sh- that all of us are now being forced to see the world through that lens, through that perspective. And I feel like, um, so just as an example, I was, uh, I was reading, um, examples of the male gaze and, um, the show two and a half men with Charlie oh Sheen, gosh, yeah. another one, super oh, problematic. So problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is an episode uh, with Megan Fox where she apparently, I haven't seen the episode, apparently she plays a 16-year-old who is incredibly sexualized the entire episode, which is already like, you know, these are all uh, canonically adult men in the show who are sexualizing this 16-year-old. Oh but she's played by an older actress, so it's not actually that bad. So first of all, it's Ugh. like, think about what that means that, she was made a 16 year old specifically because something about that age is supposed to be sexual, sexy, like 16 year olds are children. And mm-hmm. that's something we need to be getting away from. Absolutely. Um, but it, it talked about how the entire episode, um, Megan Fox's character, like the camera was panning to her body. All the, all of the characters were watching her like clean a window. Um, and it was like all, you know, it was just like that mm-hmm. viewpoint. Yep. Um, so it, it ends up again, othering all of the people who are not, heterosexual men right because a lot of us are like a lot of us women are maybe uncomfortable with the fact that people are viewing women like that so uncomfortable right (laughs) I don't like it it turns me off from watching whatever I'm watching when I see that because I'm like what is the point of her being naked right now what does this do for the plot for the story Mm -hmm. nothing absolutely nothing and now I want to turn it off yeah it's it's purely for the pleasure of the person who they assume is watching and Mm -hmm. that person is assumed to be a heterosexual man um that ends up normalizing especially for I think a lot of like a a lot of young people like they you know a, a young girl might end up thinking you know that is how their bodies are supposed to be viewed by the world it they grow up expecting that their bodies are for the consumption of others Mm -hmm. and vice versa little boys grow up 
thinking that when they walk in a room and they see a pretty girl, that that pretty girl is there for their consumption, for their gaze. Mm-hmm. And I also think about how in the ind- in the industry, in Hollywood, like we all know the Me Too movement. Like mm-hmm. just yesterday I was reading um, Jennifer Lawrence talking about her experience as a young actress um, in this field. And she talked about a situation where she was being cast for a movie and they had her stand naked side by side. And this was a woman casting director. And she made Jennifer Lawrence stand um, naked side by side with, with her competition, her competitors. And this, this uh, casting director told her that she needed to lose weight for her to be fit for this part. She was like comparing her Jennifer Lawrence's body to all these other naked, naked girls around her and that was normal that was just like this is what the job is and all these young girls are young girls who are surrounded by people in power telling them that this is how the world works this is how this industry works um and because of all of the movies and tv that they've seen that shows that women are sexualized they're like okay i guess this is what it has to be this is what i have to do to get a job yeah and that's also literally what they're told a lot yeah Oh, man. And and the male gaze is not always so direct. I've noticed that sometimes it's like you'll be in a teen boy's bedroom and he'll have posters of like half naked women and um, calendars, you know, if they go to a garage and he's a manly man. So he's got pictures of half naked women on his wall. So it's it's indirect. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you just it's so exhausting. And it's one of those things that like I hadn't heard about this term until, you know, a few years ago. And then the first time I heard it, it changed the way that I see TV now like before because it is so just like normal you know before I didn't even like think twice whenever the camera would pan up a woman's body before we saw her face before Mm -hmm. we got to know her as a person um I didn't didn't think twice about it but now you can't unsee it you Mm -hmm. really can't and one of the genres that I really noticed this in is the superhero genre right where The woman is usually, not always, we're Mm -hmm. getting away from that now, but usually a sidekick to the man, right? Mm -hmm. And she's usually wearing something super, super, super revealing. And um, I was thinking about the Amazon Prime TV show, The Boys, and Starlight, and we talked about her before, and how there's an episode where she realizes that the costume that they want her to wear shows a whole bunch of cleavage, and she is not comfortable with it, and and it's so sexualized and she tries to take a picture with a fan and she's like covering herself up because she's a little girl and she doesn't want her to see her like that and I was just like yes because that's how I feel whenever I watch superhero movies like why is she a sidekick yeah you know and I and I think that we touched on this when we talked about it before but I really really love the inclusion like for that character to to be because that's the thing about about feminism and about the women's movement right is that different things empower different people like Mm -hmm. all of us do different things that make us feel good and confident and happy and for some people that might be wearing that you know super sexy super woman outfit but for a lot of people it's not and Mm -hmm. and then it shouldn't there should never be any pressure um, to perform a certain way because you're a girl, because you're a girl in this industry or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and, but, you know, talking about um, superhero movies too, I think a, a lot of the recent superhero movies really do the same thing with 
the male superheroes Mm -hmm. that oh my gosh the body shots the panning up and down the abs and you know what even um my boyfriend and i were watching the new um captain america and winter soldier um, oh the show show. Mm -hmm. yeah falcon and winter soldier um and there is a scene where the falcon takes his shirt off and my boyfriend was like oh like finally he gets his shirtless scene because all the other superhero men like they all have their shirtless scenes absolutely and and there is definitely um and so it's just it's not to say that women are the only ones being sexualized however it is it has been happening for so much longer and it's Mm -hmm. so much more expected i think for a woman for a woman to be okay with that sexualization um it's just all a little different and um there was also i was thinking about when we were talking about the male gaze i was thinking about uh suicide squad the suicide squad movie Mm -hmm. um and the birds of prey movie so I don't know who listening has seen both of these movies. Um, I would definitely recommend Birds of Prey, not, you know, for any biased reasons, but I think it's a better <laughs> movie overall than Suicide Squad. Um, so the character Harley Quinn um, in in the comic books, especially like the recent comic book, she has a lot more characterization than she used to. Like in the old, um, you know, Batman cartoon and stuff, she, uh, she was basically just like the silly sidekick, right? Mm-hmm. So she's had a lot more characterization um, in the comic books and they ended up making the Suicide Squad movie. And that was the first time that Harley Quinn was depicted on, you know, on film like that. So this movie was created by a ton of men, by a bunch of men. And Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is so sexualized, so sexualized. And it wouldn't necessarily be a problem if it seemed like she, her character was doing it for empowerment. But every time her character did it was for the performance. She was performing for the men around her every Mm -hmm. single time. You know, when we first see the character, she's in like her cell. She's like in her prison cell or whatever. There's a pole in there and she's like pole dancing. And there's like the men are are coming in and they're like, oh, this is this is Harley Quinn. I don't know. That's how they introduce her. And she's doing very sexual moves and all that kind of stuff. And then there's another scene later on um, where she like takes her shirt off in front of uh, like they're about they're like in the battlefield like it's a, it's a whole thing <laughs> like why yeah it was very unnecessary what's the purpose the the camera like you know pans up and down her body it shows all the men it's just like a huge group of dudes just around her in a circle just watching her like whoa and then she goes what and it's like oh my it's gosh. so <laughs> it's it's very in your face. Um, so and and her outfit the whole time you know she's she's wearing her little you know just like little little clothes all the kind of stuff um it's very very sexualized so i like comparing that to the birds of prey movie that came out just recently um because margot robbie was really able to um, have a lot more creative control over the story and the character of harley quinn and i think that it's so obvious that a woman's voice wrote birds of prey because there is no sexualization the characters are sexy but not in like an overtly um you know dehumanizing kind of way you Mm -hmm. know they're they're strong women all of the characters are strong women their outfits are cute and fun like it's obvious that they got to like have some say in what they were wearing you know each of these women 
And it's just such a different vibe. And it's a really good example, I think, of the male gaze versus, you know, a a woman's voice um, being able to tell their story. So Suicide Squad versus Birds of Prey, I honestly bet y'all could just Google that phrase and have some examples come up of the differences. That's Um, a cool comparison. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's really obvious uh, for sure. Um, the last thing that I, I wanted to talk about um, a little bit is the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we've talked about it before on the show, possibly. Um, but for those who don't know, the Bechdel test uh, was created by Alison Bechdel. And it is basically a way to analyze films, TV shows, any piece of media, really. Um, and it only asks three questions. Does the piece of media have two or more named women characters? Do they speak to one another? And do they have a conversation about something other than a man? Mm. Those are the only three questions. <laughs> yeah. And a ton of movies fail this, of so course. So many. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a website that tells you um, what movies pass and what movies fail, which is really cool. Um, and again, it's not necessarily like if your movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test, it's a bad movie. Mm. Not necessarily. But I think that it's a really good sort of like it helps us to to think a little bit more. Like before, yep. we weren't thinking about those things um, and like having these women characters actually be someone um, and have motivations other than a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just a really good way to like test um, for writers and creators and stuff to test yourself, test your ideas and, you know, think a little bit harder about what you're creating. Um, and also for those of us who aren't creators, who are just an audience, it can help us to support the types of movies that we do want to be seeing. Um, so if you, you know, want to look up the Bechdel test or the male gaze, all that kind of stuff, there are a lot of resources that help you to determine um, um, what media is good for that sort of stuff um, because it just it, I think it's really good to have that knowledge so that we can spend our money with you know give our money to creators that we believe um, are doing good things for 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 media for our kids for pop culture for yeah. all of it right yeah absolutely we need to be smart consumers of media we need yes. to analyze what we're watching yes Absolutely. And um, on that note, there there is another website that I just want all of our listeners to be aware of. It's called commonsensemedia.org. And there are a ton of different lists. Um, and it like lists stuff like here. The list that I pulled up was TV shows that defy gender stereotypes. Um, and it lists them by age, like age group, um, who, who the show is uh, made for. I so, love that. Yeah, it has like little like kids for toddler shows for toddlers, shows for teenagers, mm-hmm. shows for adults, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they have a ton of lists to like movies with strong female characters with incredible role models for boys, books with strong female characters. It's a really good um, list so that you can you know be the consumer that you know we can all be passive we can all just kind of let the media wash over us but it's so important for us to support creators that are giving us stuff that will benefit hopefully benefit Mm -hmm. society benefit our children um and hopefully make our society a little bit more inclusive you know a little bit less focus on the stuff that we already know and a little bit more on something new, right? Oh, that was so Change optimistic. I loved it. <laughs> <Good>. Yes. 
All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Yes, bye-bye. Bye.